We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man Andreas Hill. Dope T-shirt today, by the way. Yeah, NBA Charlotte Hornets. Yes, they were the squad in that game. Yo, I had my, even fair. I, I had a Hornets pullover. I had a Hornets. I had a, everything. Charlotte, Got, like, Larry the champion joint or the yeah. starter joint? Star, hell yeah, the starter pullover jacket. Yeah, the Charlotte Hornets with Larry Johnson, Lonzo Mourning, Kendall Gill, Muggsy Bowes, and just pick somebody else. <laughs> it could be David Wingate, whoever it was. They, David Wingate. David, dog. I was going I, to Del Curry day. Like, yeah. We, Del coming off the bench in the threes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's Charlotte Hornets with my squad. Yeah. Alonzo. Charlotte Alonzo slept. Everyone just thinks of the heat. Oh, Alonzo. man. He hit the game winner over Boston in, I believe, the 93 Eastern Conference playoffs. Boy, you an old head over here. Uh, dude, listen. <laughs> I have, there's way too much information that I keep saved for no real reason. It's just, but I watched a lot of sports as a kid. That's all I did. But yeah, I'm obsessed over the Hornets. We're talking boxing and MMA on today's show. We also have a guest, Adrian Giannis, today joining us to end the show. Always exciting. He's going to be dope to talk to. But uh, a fan of boxing, looking at your NBA Jams t-shirt. Larry Johnson. No, fan of boxing, you know well. We talk about it on the show all the Ooh. time. Dame Lillard got traded. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he Dame's did. in Milwaukee. We, Good for him. Yeah, we haven't even been in the studio, really, since he got no, traded. Man. I mean, look. We need NBA Jam or NBA Street to come back right now because there's so many dope trios yeah. in the NBA. This is the time. It's a good time. Because I'm smacking everybody with feet. Well, listen. I don't know if Phoenix is going to win the championship this year. They got some holes in there. Really? Yeah. Yeah. They got Nurkic for defense. Phoenix. Phoenix is my pick. Mm, People Nurk- like the Lakers because of depth. It's not, depth no, it's not the shit. Lakers. It's going to be hard to beat the Bucs. The Bucs and the Celtics are going to be really hard to beat. You're bias. You already said you're picking the Bucs in 2K. Bias. I am. But the re- but if you look at the way the Bucs are structured, the inside-outside game with Giannis and, and Dame, Chris Middleton playing defense, everybody talks about Drew Holiday being gone. It's not that big of a deal. Right? They can get over that. You trade Drew Holiday for somebody who put up 71 points in a game with no help last year. Yeah. You take that every day. You can't double Giannis in the blocks. You can't double Dame. Middleton's going to get his looks as long as he's healthy. And then you got Brooke Lopez in the middle who still plays good defense. They're tough to beat and Boston's tough to beat. I, like people have like, forgotten about how good Boston's about to be. Jalen Brown. collapse. Nah, so, like I really don't believe in them. Losing Marcus Smart hurt. But you got Drew Holiday. Jalen Brown. Like Jalen Brown goes ghost that time. I mean, this team is loaded. This team is. It's going to be hard to say Porzingis. Yes. <laughs> Hell yeah, I'm going to say Porzingis. All the Knicks fans everywhere it, just like, you count on Porzingis, boy, you in trouble. But he's not your number one option. No, he's not number one. Jason Tatum's still your number one option. Yeah. And he's only getting better. It's, it's hard to believe that that draft class, that it was Tatum and Markel Fultz in that draft class. And Philly picked Markel Fultz. To be fair, that's like an injury thing. Nah. But, it, yeah, if, like, if I mean, Philly would have trusted the process, yes. Yeah, if you looked at what Tatum has become and Philly passed on him to get faults. They passed like, on a lot of people throughout the year. They really only hit on one. Remember Nerland's Noel? Yeah, Nerland's wasn't great either. No. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was Embiid, and everybody was critical when they drafted yeah. Embiid because he was hurt and he didn't play for two years. Yeah. And they were good. But it was old boy from Chicago they picked, who was supposed to be the dude, too. Who? Before Embiid. He was a big ass center, power forward dude. I, I can't even Oh, remember. my God. You can't even remember him. That's why oh, they took wait. him like. You said from Duke? Yeah. No, he like went to high school in Chicago. But yeah, like, I think Philly picked. Oh, my God. I can't even go think. through their picks. But yeah, he was supposed to be that dude. Yeah. But all that to say, Boston's going to be tough to beat. With the addition of Drew Holiday, that's that's uh, it's almost a lock for them. Eastern Conference Finals against the Bucks, as long as everybody stays healthy. I don't know what Philly's going to do because James Harden's put him in the trap. The, my problem with Phoenix, it's not a huge problem. It's you got three of almost the same player, yeah, between Book and and, and Beal and Durant. You got three like all of them can score lights out, but they're very similar. Where they need the ball, how they operate in space, like. Very similar. Nurkic he ain't gonna do shit. He's just he's just kind of a body that's there, right? Like he's is he better or worse than Aiden? I don't fucking know. And to be clear, this is Devin Booker's team. Like people are like this is Durant's team. No, it's Devin Booker's team. It'll be interesting to see how they all work together. They're gonna win a lot of games, but I figure like when defenses start clamping down, it's still hard to stop them. Phoenix should come out of the West, but you still got to deal with Denver. The best in and out game is still Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic. Yeah, like you. That's those two, and Murray's just getting better. Damn, I need NBA Street. NBA Street, you throw them with the little alien dude. Crush your people. Dude. They had alien. They had a Yeti at one point. Yeah, they did. They did. Yeah. But yeah, Dame getting traded. It was a, it's kind of a, the Bucks was not the team I was going to expect to get them. And they came up. It's a good deal. I, I, it was weird. People were like, yo, that's a, gave up Drew? Fuck yeah, you gave up Drew Holiday. <laughs> do you realize how good Damian Lillard is? Oh. Like, do you realize they shut down Dame last year? Not because he was hurt. Because they were just done. Yeah, because they just weren't good. They needed to run sharp. They needed to run like the, the rooks. They had to run the young kids. Yeah. So it's not like Dame was, he only played 56 games because he was injured. He was injured. He could have came back. But they were out of playoff contention. So what was the point? And if you read all the ports, they were like, hey, Dame is, <laughs> GM was like, ain't no turning back. You out of here. And that's fine. Because you kind of told me that when you were didn't trade these draft picks and help retool this team. I'm out here playing with kids. Like CM Punk. <laughs> Grown ass man. <laughs> Punk is playing with a bunch of children. Yeah. Like that Dame needed to go somewhere. And now he's not the, like he's not the number one option. Giannis is still the man. Giannis and Dame and Middleton could just be like, bruh, I ain't got no pressure. Spot him and shoot. Stay healthy. Yeah. I mean, Lopez is the same thing. He can knock down the three. Stay healthy. I'm looking forward to this NBA season. I think it's going to be a really good Yeah, season. man. So that's going to be really exciting. We have I, that kind of took over Vegas this week. Because the Lakers were here, WNBA is here, hockey started. So it's weird. There's like a big weekend in Vegas, but none of it's combat sports related. No. I can't wait to get back to that. We'll talk about a fight that was just officially announced. When we get to boxing, that'll be here in Vegas. You'll probably be on vacation. But um, Vegas, just tons of fights keep rolling. The biggest fight this weekend in boxing is across the pond. And we were going to start our show with that even though it's an influencer card, KSI, Tommy Fury. But we found out some breaking news that we got to talk about in MMA. So instead of saving MMA for the middle, we're just going to do MMA first, then boxing. But a shuffling in the upcoming card for the pay-per-view. At the top, supposed to be Islam Makachev, Charles Oliveira too. Yep. From Abu Dhabi. And everything said, everything, people are mad hype about it. Can Charles do better. I mean, he got subbed the last time, but Charles is a finishing machine. We didn't know how that was going to go. Turns out Charles is out of that fight and Volkanovski is going to step in in like nine day, eight day notice. It's crazy. To fight Islam Makachev in the main event. How? Like, you look at this and there's a ripple effect we'll talk about in a second, but as close as that fight was before, Volk is a madman for stepping in on eight days' notice. I just saw him and Izzy, like on the lake, yeah, talking about jumping in and drinking beers and shit. Yep, he's like, "Oh, put the beer down. Where do I gotta catch this flight? Let's get it." He's a madman to go up and face a guy. Honestly, no one's been able to solve. He has one defeat, and it's because he got caught in a triangle on some stupid shit. I mean, look, man, Volk's kind of looking at it as like, if not now, when? Right? And the last time we fought. I only got stronger as the fight went on. Hmm. Makachev dominated early and I came on strong late to the point where 
I was I was in you know advantageous positions. I was raining down the punishment in the fifth round. If you give me some more rounds, I'm going to finish him. He's in a great spot in his career. It sucks for Oliveira, right? Like yeah. everybody wanted to see what this rematch would look like because nobody predicted the Makachev fight going the way that it did with Makachev knocking Charles down, chasing him to the mat, and then finishing him. Nobody saw that coming. Thought it'd be like a wrestle and you know working an arm triangle, some shit like not even a submission. Like people are like who's going to submit Charles Oliveira? How is this going to work? Maybe it's a decision. <laughs> he submitted him. Now we don't get to see it. Hopefully, Oliveira gets back on the horse. It'll be interesting because if Evoke beats Makachev, I don't know if you just run that back. Charles might have to wait even longer. Depends on how bad the in- injury another is. Another fight again, like or him and Volk is a very fresh matchup. It, it, dog, there's a lot of things that are going on. Like this is one time where you have an injury, and I'm kind of like, all right, I'll take this fight. <laughs> like there's no complaints for me about yeah. this fight. Like Volk did so well in the second half of that fight that it's one of those momentum things that when you watch a fight happen, you see what's happening later in the fight. You was like, yo, if they gave him more time, he could finish him. Yeah. Now, because of short notice, it actually puts Bakashev at a disadvantage because he doesn't get to strategize for Volkanovski. He has to recalibrate his camp on short notice to plan for this guy that was catching up to you in the last fight. Whereas with Oliveira, you kind of know what he's going to do. Yeah. Now you got to restructure your, your camp and your game plan. Whereas Volk, I kind of think he knows what he has to do. See, I, I was wondering that, especially on who it favors, because an entire camp again, one, you get banged up, all this stuff, there would have been another camp. How much do you learn from a second camp when a fight was that close? It wasn't to the point of like Wilder Fury, where you got to go in a camp and be like, yo, I got to reinvigorate my whole shit. Like I just got blown out of the water. I got to change everything. New game plan. Let's go to the drawing board. It was like, no, he did what he did well. I did what I did really well. At the end of five, it was a toss-up. So for both guys, I feel like this is one of the things where if they had an entire camp to prepare, they're going to have the exact same game plan that they'd have on eight days notice. Because you can't change shit. It was like, I did something really well. I won the first two, possibly three rounds. He did what he did well. He won the last two, possibly three depending on how you scored that fight. And that was it. It's just every round is, are you going to do what you do or am I going to do what I do? We pretty much know what the game plan is. It's not like Islam's hands are going to catch up to Volk. Necessarily, it's not like Volk's wrestling is going to catch up to this. Well, that's that's the thing, though. Like, Volk has somehow just gets better, right? Like, Volk's footwork has gotten better. His striking has gotten better. His range. Everything he's done is getting better. I don't know what Makachev can do different. Like, his game is his game. And that's, in the sense, like, Habib was the same way. His game was his game. You just have to beat me at it. The problem was with Habib, his game was his game, and nobody got close to beating him. But Makachev, you knew what was coming, but Volkanovski managed to turn the tide. Usually when you fight these wrestlers, when these grapplers like Habib and, like, Islam, like, well, Martin Magomedov, who just won in, uh, in Usman Magomedov, who just won in Bellator, they have this thing where it's like a snowball effect, like an avalanche. Like, as they're winning, it just gets worse. You don't fight your way back in fights against them. Like, nobody loses around to Habib and then just comes on strong late. He, like, sucks you, the power out of you. But Volk was the first person that did that in a fight where he was losing and it was like, oh, this might be a five-round. And then he was like, oh, shit, he's coming on strong late. So there's adjustments that Islam's going to have to make. And Volk is going to fight his fight. He's one of those guys, like we talk about in boxing, it's like, yeah, your corner is important for strategizing, game plan. But intuitively, he's going to know what he has to do. He's And he might have the mental advantage knowing like, oh, bitch, I had you last time. Yeah. I just need more time. Whereas Islam, Islam is like, surprise, new new opponent. It's not like Volk's last few fights since the Islam loss has been, I, I believe he's been training for Islam in those camps. Right? Like no just matter, railroading people on the way. Yeah, no matter who's in front of him. Yair Rodriguez is like, nah, I'm still kind of training for Islam. Like, I just do what I do and I'm going to beat these guys. But him, I'm preparing for it. Islam hasn't really fought. It's been quiet. Yeah. So it's like, we'll see if he has no new wrinkles in his game, but I'm not mad at it. Now it's interesting to see where the featherweight division goes because if Volk wins, he's staying. He's going to stay a lightweight. Yeah. There's so much, I I want to say money to be made, but it's UFC. I don't know what that means. (laughs) There's so many intriguing matchups for Volkanovski at lightweight. Like, can you imagine a Justin Gaethje Volkanovski fight? Take all my money. Like, holy right shit. I, I don't want to rematch. Islam could wait. I don't care who's next. Like, Charles, Charles, you go, go heal up, chill. 
I need that ASAP. ASAP. Volk versus Poirier? Like, the, 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 line, the matchups are you limitless. Volk? Gagey at UFC 300? Crazy. Print him. You know who's going to be sitting there mad is Conor McGregor because he's going to be like, <laughs> oh, I want to fight the little midget. Too. <laughs> yeah. Conor's definitely coming back at 300. It, yo, there's, there's so many scenarios. Like, the idea that Max lost three times to Volkanovski, hasn't lost to anybody else. And he can win the interim title. And if Volk doesn't come down, he becomes a full champion and then d- dominates the division all over again. It's like the craziest narrative that you can have in MMA. Because without Volkanovski, what this means is, yeah, Max is the greatest featherweight of all time as long as Volk doesn't exist. It sounds some Joe Frazier shit. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, even though Joe Frazier beat Muhammad Ali the first time, he lost the other two and he became Muhammad Ali was the GOAT. I would argue Max did the same. <laughs> but the judges is not see it. Well, yeah. yeah. So if Max were to go out there and beat Ilya, Volk beats Makachev and decides to stay. And then Max, he has the same problem that Volk has. Mm-hmm. He's beating everybody at featherweight. But then he hangs around and he cleans out the division again. We have a new conversation about Max Holloway all over again. Yeah. Like he's the greatest featherweight Aside from that guy. <laughs> like, the second greatest featherweight. Like, oh, man, it doesn't have the same ring to it. It's crazy because like you could hypothetically, if Volkanovski were to beat Makachev, let's just say Mo- Volkanovski dominated Makachev, becomes like a champion. Holloway beats Taporia, becomes featherweight champion. We're doing champ champ? Not even that. The scenario of you could have two featherweights in the top five pound for pound list, right? Same. And I don't think anybody would be like, ah, there's no argument, really. Like, yes, John's going to sit at the top. He's going to beat Steve A. He's probably going to ride off in the sunset, but he'll still be there, right? Everybody else is lost. Is he lost? John really retires. I, I don't know. I, I don't see him fighting this new wave of heavyweights. I just don't. John Almeida, I don't see him fighting him. No. Tom Aspinall, I don't see him fighting him. And unless there's like an Nganu bag out there or a Fury bag, like that's, that would be John's yeah, next Yeah, other thing. than I don't see John hanging, hanging around, but for all intents and purposes, he stays at number one pound for pound. And then Volkanovski's number two. But if Volkanovski beats Makachev, he might vault to number one. I think so. It's possible. At least for a while until John fights Steve. John's in the Michael Jordan territory now. Like, you're kind of looking to give the MVP to somebody else because he's that good. And you could give it to Volk based on that win. But then you have John Volk. Adesanya lost. Strickland became champ. You run on the list of everybody else. Alice Perea. You, you take Islam. You knock him down. It's Max Holloway and Alexander Volkanovski could hypothetically be the top, top two. Yeah, top three. If John were to retire, it'd be those two, one and two, and then everybody else. Yeah, because you really can't knock him down because he only lost to that guy. Because you're not going to put O'Malley above either of them. No. You're not going to put like like every other no division. Light heavy. No. Every other division's had too much turnover. Yeah, Welter. You're not going to put Leon Edwards, even if he's Colby Covington. No. Don't matter. The reign of dominance that Max had outside of one person would put him as a number two pound-for-pound pound fighter in the in MMA behind Volkanovski. Volkanovski's in, Volkanovski is a clock blocker to Max Holloway's greatness. That's crazy. Clock <laughs> blocking motherfucker. Yo, we talk about Dirty Mac and all that. It's just dirty fighting. It, it is. It's Dirty <laughs> Mac. Like, you ruined everything. Because Max Holloway would have the longest winning streak in the UFC, like, ever. He's the busiest. He never loses. One guy. Just Sick. can't beat him. Yo, could you imagine that? Could you imagine, like, being at like a college party, you fly, you got all the gear on, you looking good, you feeling good. You be like, damn, I know all these girls like me. And that one pretty boy ass dude just yeah. walk in and just like, just hating on you. It's a wrap. Just bagging numbers. Nobody ain't even going to call them. It's like, if you weren't here, I'd have everybody. Now you're here. And- you just bagging all the numbers. Like, yo, I know you can't call all of them. Yeah. I get the secondary. That's Max. What yeah, are you that's doing? Max. That's Max. You going up. And, you, and your man's like, yo, you want my sloppy seconds? Leave me alone. <laughs> Leave me alone. I get what I can get, bro. <laughs> Leave me alone. That's it. You just, you're geeky. Like, you're just like, yo, that girl's an eight. You only fuck with tens. Like, I'll, I'll mess with her real quick. That's what Max does. Like, he's like, yo, I'm not getting any girls. They're all going to you. Like, Crazy. what are you doing? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. we're supposed to speak about we had a boxing weekend coming up overseas influencer boxing Dre why are people so mad that these things are happening still shouldn't it just be like used to don't watch don't buy the pay-per-view you you don't have to it's not ruining the sanctity of the sport it's not there's nothing negative happening you don't have to watch it that's it it's not it's not hurting the sport like I hate when people say oh well it's taking money no it's not it's not taking money on any boxers hands because they're not doing any things that these influencers are doing. KSI has 13 million Instagram followers. 13 million. That's wild. That's ridiculous. Like, and it's boxing and it's training. Right. And there's 13 million little kids that are just like, oh, okay, I'm going to boxing. Yeah, I want to be like him. Right? And you and your 70,000 followers, you're mad. Like, <laughs> no disrespect to somebody like Boots Ennis, right? Yeah. But... You can't be mad. I'm not saying Boots is mad, but you can't be mad. Yeah. If anything, if you're Boots, you'd be like, yo, how about you put me on one of his undercards? <laughs> it's disrespectful. I mean, I'm just, I'm keeping it a buck because you use the word disrespectful. <laughs> Here's the thing. If KSI and Tommy Fury, like, all right, first of all, Jake Paul, Tommy Fury is the second biggest pay-per-view of the year. Yeah. If you're... It beat Canelo. Oh, we don't have we don't have official number. We don't have official number, but it looks like it beat Canelo. It did eight hundred thousand. Tank and, and Ryan did one point two million. Spence Crawford did around seven hundred thousand. I've heard Canelo's between six fifty and seven fifty. Still makes still short. Tommy Fury and Jake Paul is the second biggest pay per view of the year. If I'm anybody, like put your ego to the side. If your boots in us, fight on the other card of that because you're gonna get more eyeballs than you would ever get anywhere else. Case in point, Tommy Fury was on Love Island. He, in 2019, he was making $4,000 a fight, right? Doing Love Island. Because he had Love Island, he had 3.2 million Instagram followers. Fast forward. He becomes on Jake Paul's radar. He's heading in this fight with KSI. He, before, now he has 5.3 million Instagram followers. The Jake Paul fight, he took on $5 million. That's ridiculous. You went from $4,000 to $5 million. Yes. And well, here's the baby bro. Right. And that still wasn't enough to get you more than four G's. But, but here's the other thing. Tommy Fury's out here like, I'm going to end influencer boxing. You sure you want to do that? Stop. Because you're going to fight KSI. You're not going to get paid as much. I think his purse is $1.5 million for this. They're charging an astronomical amount for uh, pay-per-views. And they're going to get it. So if he gets points. If he gets points. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure, sure he has to, right? Yeah, uh, he's going to make that up quick. But it, So you made all this money. You were making $4,000 a fight. You, I think he made $25,000 when he fought on the undercard of Tyson Fury and Dillian White. $25,000. So the rub is for real. So if I'm Boots or if, I, if I'm any of these guys trying to, like, if I'm Shakur, put your ego to the side. Let them fools fight. All the, all the, I'm the main event. No, let them see you whoop some ass and all them kids are going to want to see you now. Yeah. That's how you make money. But promoters, fighters, they, they can't put the ego too side. Far gone, but a guy like a Carmel or Carmel, like a young Carmel kid. is perfect um, for this. What's his face uh, who was on he's on the HBO show and he signed to Jake. Who are we talking about? Oh, 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 oh. Uh, I can't he, think. He was, he was in the bathtub. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Nonetheless. Ashley uh, Sylvie? No. H2O is yeah. getting a good following. No, but the young kid from the HBO oh, show. from Euphoria. From Euphoria. Okay. Uh, can't remember his name. Yeah, yes. but he's he signed the Jake. Yeah, and he's like a legit like amateur boxer, and the kid's like really serious about it. And you look at that, and it's like, okay, that's smart. 
put him on these undercards because it's going to boost his profile through the roof. Ryan Garcia would have been a perfect guy for that. I mean, Ryan he's kind of aged out. No, no, he's aged out. Yeah. But when he was 18, 19, that would have been perfect. But, so like your next wave of kids, get them on this. Dude, the perfect model for this for any fighter is look at what the fuck has happened to Amanda Serrano's career. Oh, like making a mill a fight plus. She went from making dog shit. Like her and Heather Hardy made nothing the first time they fought. Then they made, like Heather made the biggest person of her life fighting her in the rematch all because she got that rub. On the B side. So I'm saying, so it's like, if you're a fighter and you're good, like, I know they just announced David Benavidez and Boo Andrade, which ain't gonna do shit. Yeah, here in Vegas. I love the fight. Thanksgiving. Yeah, it ain't gonna do shit. It ain't gonna do jack shit pay-per-view. But, yeah, I'll be there too. But that's for us, right? That's a fight for us. But if you put David Benavidez and Boo Boo on the other card of Jake Paul versus KSI, they'd be like, oh, I should get my own card. Bro, you know what I mean? People are about to watch you? Say no Like, especially Boo Boo. Nobody knows who you are and you're undefeated. Yep. Put your egos to the side. Let these influencers do their thing. And if you're mad about it, just don't watch it. Because guess what? Millions of other people are watching it. Yeah. They're spending it, their money. It's like in Ganu Fury. Yeah. Like, that's just not real. It's not a real boxing match, quote unquote. No. Fury just signed up for a real boxing match like two months later. Very disrespectful, by the way. <laughs> Man said, yeah, I'll, be, I'll be ready in seven weeks, right? Yeah. Like, no, he's like, take a nap and I'll wake up and I'll be ready. That's it. He's like, no, no, this is really just part of camp. Like, this is just extended sparring. Yeah. I'm good. I'm just getting $40 million for extended sparring right now. And he's ready whenever, as long as he gets through it healthy. And the promo they had for that is fantastic. Like, just punching and like following each other and just breaking shit where they are. Genius promo for Fury and Ganu. But it's like, yeah, that's not real either. And the guys like Tank and everything, you can say what you want, but if you're at that level, you're taking the same shit. Yes. Like, if you could, you'd fight Jake Paul. Of course. You'd fight Sean O'Malley if Sean was big enough and Leonard, when he said it, if it made sense. Yes. On the books. Floyd fought Connor for a reason. If you got to that level, yeah, you're taking the same shit. It's just, so you can't hate on it because you would do the same thing if it was presented. Yeah. So I, I don't get it. I don't know. Y'all mad for no reason. Secretly, though, I kind of like these fights. Oh, I do too. They're, Yo, they're not bad let's fights. Let's start with how great Saul Poppy is. His body transformation. This dude looks like a million bucks. He lost 60 pounds in a year. Yo, he it's crazy. Like, it makes me, I was like, oh man, I gotta get back on my shit. Yeah. When I saw him, I was like, Yo. Motherfucker just in the gym every day. It's different though because he got influencer money. Oh, you can just go work and just box five yeah. hours a day. Then next thing you know, you come out. Like, uh, he's really on his Majin Buu shit. Like, he posted, like, I made the edit for a ringside. Like, yeah, like, I, I get it. He's on some Dragon Ball Z, just training all day shit. Yeah. And then he shredded. Now. He looks great, but you, like, KSI looks tremendous, by the way, as well. Like, people forgot. KSI didn't look like that. When I was with him for the KSI uh, Logan Paul fight and I interviewed him, I hung around him. He wasn't like skinny, he's, flabby. Yeah. He's ripped. Yep. These guys look great. Logan's huge. He's huge. Tommy's body. <laughs> Yo, but Tommy, I don't know. Like, Tommy looks like a cartoon character. Yeah. yeah. It just, the shit like Johnny Bravo or some shit like that. It just, <laughs> this shit look crazy. Yep. Like, he looks yoked up and it, just, it look crazy. But I don't this is how you box like that. I don't know how you move your arms, but I guess he figures it out. But this car, it's not bad. There's a, there's a tag team fight on this car. I'm interested. I, yo, I'm so intrigued. Like, people are like, yo, I know Dan Raphael was like shitting on it. He was like, they ain't going to, look, they ain't going to get me to pay it. They're not trying to. No, they don't want you, demo, Dan. Sir. They don't want you. No. They want the kids. They don't even want me. They want no. the kids. Tag team boxing, I'm here for it. Alex Wasabi is in that. Alex Wasabi does numbers. Yes. Um, Swarms is fighting on the prelims. Yes. Astrid Wet, which people tune in because if you've never seen her Instagram, then yeah, no, right? you do that on your own time, but that's why people watch her. Chase Dumore, who's very questionable skilled, but always puts on a fun fight. On, Somebody's man. getting knocked out. So there's, there's the best thing about this is that they understand the core of boxing, which is it doesn't always have to be world class. No. You just have to make good matches. Matchmaking is everything. I told you a bad fight is a good fight. That's it. Two shitty fighters can give you magic. Yeah, just train a little bit. Like, yo, know, if they did a league that like Chris Brown played in and Drake, you know how many people watch them play basketball? Oh. Just watch them play. Now, they ain't going to the league, and they yeah. know it. But you know how much money they would make? Oh, if you're just like, yo, they're five. Yeah, J. Cole. Yeah, Drake, everybody Chris just Brown. has their team. I don't care if it's your friends. Like, Drake could have chubs. Yeah, like, don't matter. Could, 40 could play. I don't care. Just you. I need one star. 
and your crew versus J. Cole and his printing yeah. money. But as long as I'm not under the, the illusion that these guys can play for the league, oh. I don't care. You know how many kids are going to be like, oh, I want to play basketball. Yeah, that's, or me that's and my friends can do. It doesn't matter. Like, it's not threatening the pros. Yeah. It's not taking money away from them. It'd be a great way to build younger fighters. That's it. And boxing is so easy. All you need is two gloves. That's it. like, yo, you ain't got to jump rope, maybe. Yeah, that's it. Go to go to a gym, punch a bag, do it in your garage if you want to, yep. and then train. Like they swarm, they swarms, run, they just run the street. Swarms isn't good, but he keeps trying. That's it. And look, boxing snobs, you're gonna be pissed off when you watch this fight. It's not these fights aren't gonna. You're gonna be like, yo, this counter punching is terrible. No shit. Like, like you know what's crazy what is that doing? they train now for like a year, year and a half, and everyone who says this is horrible outside of professional fighters, these people are probably good enough now. They're all sleeping you. Yeah. They were normal ass people. Yeah, can't I gonna whoop my ass if I try to box him right oh, now? You think I want to fight Saul Poppy? Yeah, no, man. No, oh. I'm getting slept. No, Anthony Taylor's on the car. I wonder if he's gonna sing another Jodeci song to somebody. Ooh, that'd be amazing. You gotta take advantage Is he of the taking request. I don't know. I have <laughs> like, to hit him up. Bell Bib DeVoe this time, maybe? I don't know. But whatever it is, you create those Can viral moments. Like I just you just go out and just don't sing all my life. I hate that. Oh, you're not a Casey and Jojo. No, I love Jodeci. I hated Casey and Jojo. Yeah, you, you really do. Uh, no, but Anthony Taylor, I mean, he slapped the <laughs> co-main event guy, Dylan Dennis, before the last one. Uh, That's another, you never know what the hell is going to happen. Dylan Dennis and Logan Paul. Yeah, there's real beef. Dean the Great is on here for his Valid Sharks. I'm telling you, man, I'm watching. I'm going to be so sports entertained. Yeah, by this they show. were just tag partners. Yeah. And then they fought after winning their tag match. Yeah, good for them. This shit's like the best of pro wrestling. This is it. It's like pro wrestling, TikTok, and boxing out of baby. Yeah, if anybody asks you, like, why do you like it? Do you see what I watch on TV? Yeah, I watch pro wrestling. Rack. Yeah. And I love it. Uh, Salt Poppy versus Slim. I'm taking Salt Poppy. Oh, of course. I feel like he's he's learned from his last loss, and he'll be better. Uh, Logan Paul, Dylan Dennis. I mean, look, man, we're still holding our breath and seeing, hoping that Dylan Dennis shows up. But, yo, he is so bad. He's not good. He's like his, he, like, it's not like Logan's great, right? But at least Logan went the distances with Floyd, even though Floyd carried him. Regardless. The funny thing, this fight is about, these two are about to make so much money. And their total combined record as professional boxers is 0-1. Yep. <laughs> Logan Paul lost to KSI. I'm not sure how much Dylan's making, but he's making way more than way he more, Like, way more than he deserves. Yes, way more than he I don't think Connor Dylan, will probably walk him out. It's going to be a spectacle. Dylan about to get his ass beat. And Logan Paul's not good. No, but, Logan's knocking him out with him too. Yeah, but Dylan's about to get his ass beat. I don't even know how many rounds this fight is. I don't but care. Logan into. Like Logan's, that pro wrestling Cowardale's going to kick in. It's going to hammer. That's the key. Him. Like this motherfucker's been working. Yeah, he's going to hammer. Yo, somebody's got to be the nail. <laughs> it's going to be all bad. KSI versus Tommy Fury. I'm picking Tommy Fury. Yeah, KSI's not good either. No. And he's so structurally unsound. Now you can say what you want, but Tommy Fury's been in there. They were damn near cab drivers. But he's been in there with pros. Yeah, and he's, I mean, he's trained for this. It's not like he's good, great, anything. Oh, his father's a boxer. Yeah, his technique is sound enough that he should be KSI, yeah. unless he completely falls asleep at the wheel and allows KSI to punch him in the face repeatedly. I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. No. Tommy Fury should stop him. If he doesn't stop KSI, there's a problem. Then it's embarrassing. Yeah, you got to stop him. Then you, like, don't call Because he's not even Jake Paul. Yeah, then you call out Logan Paul. Sure. I mean, Tommy, you want to make all the money, just beat them all up. Sure. And then rematch Jake. Yes. For all go, the marbles. Yep. Just go, go get rich. Through, while Jake fights KSI. Yes. Sure. But, dog, there's so much money to be made. Yep. I get, uh, the appetite is still there. It's not going in a way. Like, there's going to no. be more influencers that are boxing. Yeah. This is just, the wave is just beginning. There's so much money. They're like, Ooh. yo, how many followers you got? 10 mil? Why let's aren't fight. you boxing? Yeah, let's fight. But, yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> You're just streaming every day? What yeah. are you doing? Yeah, I'm streaming. Just leaving... Money on the table. I'm streaming NBA 2K. No, let's let's go punch each other in yeah. the face for like what are you talking about? ten for twenty minutes and make like twenty mil. Yeah. We, we gotta be good at this shit. No, we don't. <laughs> Bugging. So yeah, this isn't going anywhere. We'll see how these fights play out. You guys don't go anywhere though. We have a guest on the way right after this. Gonna end the show with that. Also, don't forget that we have pro wrestling still to come later on in the week. AW and NXT went head to head, which we gotta talk about. So you guys stay tuned for that. And our guests will be right back after this. All 
All right, everybody, as promised, we have our guest today, UFC bantamweight Adrian Giannis in the building talking to us before his fight this weekend. Adrian, man, it is great to have you on. Thank you for talking to us during fight week. I know it's always crazy. Weight cutting sucks, but uh, you look great and amazing in 4K thanks to your phone. <laughs> you are like a walking <laughs> endorsement for a Samsung right now. Oh, yeah, man. Everybody talks shit to me about having an Android and all that stuff, but, you know, here I am. Here I am still standing strong, guys. Yeah, with the green bubble life. Look at this. Yeah, I'm green bubbles. I don't know, but I, don't I, know. I can't front. The pics is crispy, so yeah. I ain't mad at it. Yeah, it's all about the, the clarity right there. Nah, man, you're uh, looking great, though, heading into this fight week. Looking, and I'll just assume, like, it's a, a good weight cut going into this. Feeling good. How are you feeling now? Because you've had a couple of months off, your body's been able to kind of recharge. Now you're going into it and it's like, all right, I'm, I'm doing this reset. Started off so hot in the UFC. How are you feeling coming into this? Did you take some time to just step back and get more prepared for this fight? Yeah, actually, yes, I, I did take a lot more time out just for me. Like I, I, I take a coaching role aspect at the gym that I train at. So it's like, I actually took a step back even from that just to make sure that, like, I'm focusing on myself a little bit more. Like, I haven't been cornering as much. I haven't been doing as much, like, as a, I guess, as a coach should be doing. Uh, just because, like, man, like, I knew I needed to change it, change something for myself. Because uh, I had, like, to focus more on myself this time around. Uh, so, yeah, like... I have my my strict like my MMA coach, my striking coach, my strength conditioning coach, and all that stuff. So like, been able to focus more on me uh, these past couple of months, and you know, it's been to me, it's honestly worked out in a in a better sense because you know, whenever you're you coming off, I'm coming off like the toughest loss of my career at like pretty much the highest highest stage. Like I was in the biggest pay per view of the year and the featured bout of the spot against the best opponent that I've ever had. And it's kind of like, I needed that reset. If that makes sense. Like it, it sucked, but I was, it, it gave me that little bit of a, that reset and kind of made me have to be like, all right, I have to be a little bit more selfish because I wasn't selfish enough, you know, cause I was always trying to go out my way to help everybody else out. Uh, and I wasn't helping myself out. So, you know, I needed it and I'd taken the extra steps, you know, to make sure that, you know, I come out with the victory this, this Saturday. So before you hit this fight with Jonathan Martinez, I got go back to the Rob Font fight because I've heard fighters say, some fighters say, when you lose, it's a lesson. Some fighters say, when you lose, I just had a bad night. What was it for you on that particular night? It was a little bit of both. Uh, it was, honestly, it was a lesson. It was a lesson. I fucking hate saying that, though, because the loss still fucking hurts. <laughs> like, you should, like, still feel it and all that shit. But, man, no, it was more of, like, a lesson because I got, I got away from myself. Like, everything... Uh, striking wise, like everything I was doing, like in that first minute was working. I just didn't let my mental kind of got away from me and I was getting away with it. Be I was able to get with the way how I thought about stuff and like how I like would immediately just like go straight into kill mode a lot of times, which honestly did me a, a very well service, you know, in my, my previous five fights in the UFC, you know, fight of the fight, fight of the night, uh, once and then, uh, knockouts of the nights, you know, so, uh, it, did me well but also at the same time while I was chasing those knockouts a lot of times I did get sloppy and within that first minute of that fight you know I, I rocked him next you know I'm like oh shit I can get him out of here I'm going for the kill but found such a savvy veteran that he was able to work his way back into the fight and actually turn this turn the tide of the fight in his in his uh in his way so I it's almost like I needed to see that just so I can be like oh like I, I didn't know like I didn't know I had the problem until, you know, the problem actually presented itself in that fight. So, you know, it was something I needed to, it needed to learn. Honestly, it was like, like, you know, cause again, bro, like a lot of these guys drink their own Kool-Aid and I kind of drink my own Kool-Aid a little bit. So, uh, for me, just taking a step back and actually just me being able to focus on me, me staying on the game plan, me making sure I'm not chasing the knockout because a lot of times when you chase the knockout, you end up getting knocked out. So, uh, for me, I just got to make sure I'm like, I get back to my ways, you know, being a, a technical, being technical and tactical. And if I can get the finish, you know, get the finish, uh, in a technical, tactical, tactful way, you know, instead of just being like, no, I see red, bro. I go, I go for it. You know, so I'm trying to make sure that I'm like, if I do get a shot, you know, I, 
I take it. And if I don't, like if he's able to recoup himself, I'm like, all right, cool. Reset, get back in, get back into the groove of, of winning the fight. Is that a change you have to practice during training camp? Cause we break down these fights going into them. And uh, a lot of Justin Gaethje fights, we felt were the same way. He'd have someone hurt. He rushes in, get clipped. And that's kind of how his losses happened in the past. And then it was just a switch. And there's this new, more patient Justin Gaethje where he's like, I don't care if I got to hurt him three or four times. In the end, they're going to break. I don't need a first round knockout or a second round knockout. Is that something you have to practice to change in camp? Or is that something just in the octagon where you're just like, all right, you're more conscious of in that moment? Yeah, no, I, I'm not even gonna lie to you, man. Sometimes when I be whenever I was sparring uh, beforehand, before the fun fight, man, somebody would hit me with a big shot, or like somebody would try to throw something big at me, like you know, it was always like kind of like just would always kind of like you know, you go with the guy that sits down on something, you know, like trying to trying to hurt you. It flipped. It would flip. Like for me, at that, like before the fun fight, would flip a switch, and I would just be trying to gun at him, and like you know. A lot of my, some of my technique would be going out the window, you know? So, uh, yeah, that, that would happen a lot. So I like kind of looking back and kind of going, looking at the, so the sparring footage that I had before the font fight is just kind of like, Oh, I kind of would lose it at times, you know? And I know I should have kept my cool, kept my composure. Yeah. He touched me, but you know, I would get that back a little bit later. I'm not going to, not going to force myself to get it back, you know? So, uh, it, it took a lot of work, especially in camp that like, Hey, I have to stick to what I'm doing. If like it's, it's all these guys, especially in the training room, are like knowing what I've like by especially by week two, week three of the camp, like everybody's gonna know what you're doing. So it's gonna be like you can't let yourself get away from it, you know. So it's also like a mental on the mental side. So yeah, like you have to prepare yourself not only physically but mentally. You gotta be uh, you gotta be right. You can't let yourself, you know, if you have something set that you wanna do, like just because you get like something doesn't go your way, you like throw everything out. No game plan is still the same. You still got to work behind stuff and, you know, build up on it, you know, or work your way back into it. So it's been a, it's been a mental battle because again, I still, it's still one of those things where I still like see red, like, like, nah, I see red and I want to fucking go after, you know, or just turn it to a meathead. But I've, I feel like I've done a very great job of just being able to like, stay within stay within my uh, position positioning and making sure that I have uh like I'm staying in my in the realm of technique and not just trying to be like trying to blast somebody or trying to like make sure I hit a kill shot you know if that makes sense you know even though it's sparring you know still still like trying to aim you know trying to give guys a real look you know so uh so yeah you know just being able to break it down and just be like, all right, cool. Just because this guy hit me with a big shot, like I can't go crazy. You know, I had to just reset myself, get back to get back to the center and just start working, be, start working, you know? What's it like for you? I mean, you go from UFC 287, like you mentioned, one of the biggest cars of the year. You're in Miami, big arena, fans everywhere, big fight. Now you're back at the apex where it's a lot less people, it's a lot quieter. You can actually hear the goddamn commentary on the side. Like, <laughs> How different yeah. is that for you as a fighter? Does it help or hinder you to be in this kind of atmosphere heading to this fight with Martinez? Man, honestly, for me, I feel like it helps. It, it definitely will help, especially since, like, we don't have the crowd around me because I kind of noticed whenever I fought in Austin, you know, like, I heard my coach in glimpses. Like, I wasn't able to even, like, it, it was, like, faintly hearing him. And then the same thing in uh, in Miami, you know, I felt like I couldn't hear it. Like I couldn't hear them, you know? So it was like, it's a, it's a blessing in a sense of like, all right, cool. If they see me kind of getting out, getting a little bit out of character, I have that reset. I had that reminder. So I do like fighting at the apex, but also at the same time, man, the like fighting in front of fans is just a different feeling too, man. Even walking out, even, even with that font fight, you know, walking out in Miami, was fucking amazing. And then even leaving the cage and all that stuff, like even after a loss walking out, like, man, like, the fans were just so endearing. So to me, man, it was, it was beautiful. It was wonderful. And I wish I, I can do that again. Uh, but uh win obviously, but uh, yeah, no, I, I do like the apex, man. I, I, I'm, I'm comfortable at the apex just because I've been there so many times, you know, it's just like, I fought there for five, uh, five times before I got in, in front of a big crowd. And then also at the same time, being able to corner some training partners there, there as well too. So for me, I'm very comfortable there. And, 
you know, I'll be able to hear them. I'll be able to hear my corner very soundly and clearly, you know. How cool is it to be ranked in a division like the Bantamweight division in the UFC where we just saw a guy like Sean O'Malley who was ranked right around you. It was just like, hey, two fights. Boom, boom. And he was coming off of a loss, which he doesn't claim. He was coming <laughs> off of a loss. Then it's like two fights and this man is champion because you have an exciting brand of style of fighting and so many matchups. They're thirsty for new matchups at the top. When you see a guy like that jump and take out two guys at the top and become champion. Is it nice to know, like, and I'm not as far away, even with the font loss and everything, not far away from being in the top five or one of these top guys and a title shot because of the division I'm in. Yeah, no, I'm telling you, it opened up, especially a lot. Like with uh, O'Malley being champion, the division kind of opened up like a lot. There's a lot more matchups, a lot more crazier things have happened. So for me, it's, it's literally just a fight or two. That's all it takes for me at the, at this point, you know? So especially with how like things are going, like with the, just with, just with the division itself, you know, they got, they got O'Malley calling out like Cheeto and that fight's probably going to be the next fight that happens. And that's not even a guy that's ranked in the top five. That's like a guy who's number six or seven, you know, getting a title shot. So for me, like, man, I go out there, let's just say hypotheticals, you know, I go out there and I, knock out Jonathan Martinez in spectacular fashion, highlight reel, you know, it goes viral, whatever, whatever it does. <clears throat> that might be enough to put me in a case. Like it might put me in the top 10 and O'Malley, O'Malley sees that. Let's just say he, he fights Cheeto and he wins. It makes it easier, easy money for me to be like, Hey, you know, cause you already said my name a couple of times, you know, it's already like, it's already kind of pre-built, you know, two strikers going against each other and all that stuff. So it does make it that much easier, like to get to the title shot, you know, and even then, even if it were to take another fight, you know, another guy in the top 10, you know, go out there and beat that guy, you know, it's, it's right there. It's like not that far away. I wouldn't have been far away if I, if I didn't. If I was the if I was the one winning in that font fight, like I would yeah. legitimately have been in the talks of title contention, you know. So, uh, like again, it's still not far. It's still not a far, far reach for me. It's not like how like whenever I first got into UFC, I was like, man, I'm gonna have to get like ten, fifteen fights before <laughs> I go like start getting to now. Nah, it's like, man, I made it in half the time, <laughs> you know. So for me, um, you know, it's exciting. It's absolutely exciting. It gives you kind of something extra to work for. You know, you wake up. You know, you're just like, oh, okay, this is not that far. You know, if this was me, if I was in the same position outside of the organization, about to be 30, 16 and four, I'd be like, fuck, I don't know. This is fucking far. Like, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a long ride to there, you know? So, uh, for me in the position I am, man, it's, it's, it's a per, it's perfect. It's all lined up perfectly from even just within one fight or two fights, man. It's, it's a, it's a realm of the possibilities, you know, for me, like, I'm, hey, I'm all with it and I love it. I want to piggyback off of that because you mentioned Sean O'Malley got these spectacular viral finishes, moved up, became champion, got spectacular finish. Now he's one of the biggest stars in the UFC. You have a penchant for getting spectacular finishes as well. But the tricky thing is, like you mentioned with the font fight, it's like going into kill mode or meat, meathead mode and like trying to get that finish. But you know how important that is to look good when you win. So can you win like a boring decision? Is that in your DNA or do you know it's like, yo, I got to go viral. If I get the opportunity, I got to smash him. How do you handle that? Yeah, man. Honestly, there's there's been fights, even if I didn't knock the guy out, where it was a fun fight. You know, if you go back to my fight with Kyle Estrada, you know, I was I was doing my best to be technical off of a bum, bum leg and still working a nine to five job. And then even the fight before that uh, in LFA with uh, Trent Mo, like that was like a series about classing. And I still dropped the guy a couple of times, you know, so like I had to get back to what I was doing beforehand, you know, uh, like kind of was walking into that font fight just a little bit like, nah, like I'm going to like, like I'm going to walk over him. Like I didn't, not that I was going to walk over him, but I knew I had the power to put him out. And then whenever I hit him, it was just more like, ah, I see right. I'm going to go after like, cause I saw every, like in that moment, it was weird. Cause I saw like, after I hit him and I rocked him, I was like, oh shit. Like title contentions right there for me. <laughs> you know, it's like, it was like, it's right there for me, especially if everything were to go right. Just boom. Oh shit, like top five, you know, he was ranked six at the time. So I was like, oh shit, like I'm fucking there. Got overexcited, went crazy, saw red, and I tried to fight my way back into there. But, but yeah, like I say, like this, like it's 
for me, like, it's just like, man, if I fight technical, I know I can touch a chin. I know I can put anybody out. Like, just not going to make it a boring fight just because, like, I'm trying to get more technical on my side. Like, what I mean, like, on the technical side is like, man, if you look at that font fight, I can, I can look at it right now and see whenever I, that finishing sequence while I was throwing, I threw my right hand, my left hand was low. And whenever I threw my left hook, my right hand was low. And then I, whenever I was throwing that left hook, my left hook was not in the, in the proper position. You know, it was like kind of my, sh- my shoulder was a little, was lower. So it exposed my chin and it was, uh, whenever I was throwing, it, I was swinging it from my hip. It wasn't straight from a, from a good boxing position. Uh, if I would have thrown it with the correct technique at that moment, I could have, I, I could have got away with it. Like if I would have thrown it and then with my shoulder covering my chin, whenever I throw that left hook, man, it probably wouldn't have happened. Like the knockout probably wouldn't have happened, you know, cause that shot they hit me with that. I'm throwing that left hook, that right hand comes right behind it. And it just knocks in it. Like it tips me on the tip of the chin, puts me down. Uh, if I would have thrown that correctly and still kept my shoulder up, kept everything in a good, perfect, perfect position, that never would have happened. So, like, what I mean by like the technical, like kind of staying within, within a technical sense, it's uh, and being tactical is like not me, like not going, like whenever I'm throwing my punches, not letting the hands drop, not like doing, going back to the basics, pretty much. You know, I'm still gonna be like for me, like again, like I, I don't know, I. I, I I don't have it in me to have a boring fight. It's weird. Like I would just get a little bit sloppy in a lot of exchanges and I'm I've been tightening that up a lot. Good. Before we let you out of here then, this weekend against Jonathan Martinez, you close your eyes when you envision this fight. You're going to bed, you're thinking about Saturday. How does it end? How do you leave oh, Saturday with a win? Man, I'm like I every time I envision it. Every time I think about it, if I fight the way I fight, I know I'm getting the knockout. You know, it, it first, second round, uh, preferably the first. You know, I'm not. I don't want a three round war, which it can be. It can turn out to be, but second, first or second round knockout. If I fight the way I fight, you know, I have it envisioned in my head, and I've dreamt about it. I like envision it. Like man, I daydream about it. Like it's gonna happen, and I'm gonna come back. Like I'm telling you, it's like it's. It's going to look very nice. I can't wait. Uh, 50K, right? 50K bonus in your future. Let's let's talk about man, that. That's what I'm hoping for. Let's, I need that. I need that 50K, man. I, I got so used to it. So the fact that I didn't get it would have made me mad. Yeah, let's get back to those. Can't wait to watch the fight. Always exciting. Everyone, Adrian Giannis fighting this weekend. Make sure you guys tune in. It's going gonna, it's gonna to put on a show. He always does. So don't miss that fight. We appreciate you all. Obviously, follow us on social media, wherever you guys are. Make sure you guys check us out on YouTube as well. Everyone here at Blue Wire Studios in the Wynn Resort, Las Vegas, we appreciate you. For myself, for the old man Andres Hill. Till next time, we're out. Peace. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.